what a day. It was an awesome day. It was an awesome day. What a day. It was an awesome day. Welcome back to The Watch List with Patty and Bill. You can always catch your back episodes of The Watch List with Patty and Bill by going to thewatchlistpod.com. You can engage us on your social media at symbol, The Watch List Pod. And you can also subscribe to our podcast on all podcast platforms and stuff. And God damn it, I just lost what I was going to say. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe to us. All right. All right. What a day. It was an awesome day. It was an awesome day. What a day. It was an awesome day. What is uh, that it just from? Sounded like, I don't know. It, I kind of made it up, but it s- sounded like a musical, like the start of a musical. It did. Oh, that was one other thing that that I wanted to touch base on last show uh-huh. that I forgot. Uh-huh. So, so indulge me for two seconds. So do you remember uh, there was this little musical that debuted on Disney Plus, something about a guy that's on some currency? Oh, it's some sort of political thing. Yeah, I don't even know if it's ever going to sell or not. Anyway, you know, yeah, his last thing didn't do so well. Yeah, I know. Tony this, Tony that. Tony, oh, Tony, Tony, Tony. I remember oh. that group from the 80s. So so Hamilton, because of the success of Hamilton, Disney Plus not only has the movie version of Newsies oh, on, yes. available, they also have the Broadway play version. Yeah, you mentioned this on the last show. Did I? You did. Christ almighty, what is wrong with me today? Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, everybody, just pretend that you didn't hear it the last episode, and you're like, oh, that's the best news ever, Bill. Thank you for sharing it brand new to us on this episode. So, what did you watch this, this time? So, the first of the three... Yes, there are three that I watched this past few days is a show. This move, it's a movie on Netflix called Cut Bank. Okay. It stars Liam Hemsworth, John Malkovich, Oliver Platt is in it. No kidding. And Billy Bob Thornton. Wow. Yeah. That's a a pretty high powered B plus cast list. Yeah. Yeah. So in this one, it's a really quiet movie about a guy in this small town in, I want to say it's in Montana. Mm -hmm. And him and his girl, you know, they're trying to get away from girl's daddy. Well, he he and the girl, they witness the mailman getting murdered. Ooh. And then there's the whole investigation around it. And there's twists and turns and... You know, uh, Liam Hemsworth's character, because he was a witness to it, uh, the Postal Service, like the Postmaster General, offers a reward because it's a mailman that was shot. Sure. So he's, you know, looking forward to getting this money because that's going to help him and his girl move off to California, far away from your daddy. And Billy Bob Thornton is her daddy. Mm. And uh, Liam works for Billy Bob. So that's, you know, kind of under daddy's thumb sort of a thing. Sure. And it's really quiet. There's not a whole lot of action going on. There's little, you know, pops of stuff happening. But overall, it's a quiet, 
very dialogue heavy kind of mystery show investigative show kind of like that and it's good i liked it yeah i don't think dwight liked it because it was kind of quiet and slow yeah. yeah sometimes you have to be in the mood for those oh yeah totally totally but a but a really good quiet movie like a winter's <clears throat> bone <clears throat> or i mean that was incredible with jennifer lawrence what's up jay law I um think i saw that one. Oh. It was it was when she was really unknown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, I remember that much about it. I don't oh think my I god, saw it, though. it was really, really good. But sometimes quiet movies like that, you need that slow boil. Not only is it that palate cleanser, mm -hmm. but it reminds you of the power of dialogue. Yes, and you know, bad dialogue can ruin a good mo movie. Yes. And great dialogue can elevate a movie, which is why Pulp Fiction is one of the greatest movies ever. Oh, yeah. Because totally. of its dialogue. The script, that movie won the Oscar that it was supposed to win. Yeah. But that's good. What's it called yeah. again? It's called Cut Bank. Okay. So I started out because I knew I needed something new to watch. So there's a limited series on Netflix. And it's about the mob in New York. Okay. And it is called Fear City, New York versus the Mafia. Okay. So I don't know how many of our listeners have ever been to New York City. Right now, it is the cleanest, most uh, polished New York City has ever been. But back in the 70s, New York was a cesspool. And, it, and, and, I, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I think New Yorkers will, will even tell you that. But crime was rampant. All the, the five big crime families took over New York. Mm -hmm. And there were killings everywhere and muggings and, and all of that stuff. But uh, involved in uh, concurrently with all of that crime were the five mafia families controlling everything. And this is the docuseries, a three-part docuseries that talks about how they brought down the mob in New York. Oh, cool. And I don't know if I was tired or if I just needed like my, or my body just said, oh, it's time for your afternoon nap. But halfway through episode one, I fell asleep. Oh no. And it, and you talk about something being deliberately paced and kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. I, and the only thing I can really kind of compare this to is the McMillions docu-series. At least McMillions had a, an, uh, a more upbeat tempo, something to keep you going. This one was, um, Fear City was actually much lower key in its dialogue and its musical tone. And, and I just found myself kind of, you know, lulled by it. It's not that it's not good, and especially if you are interested in docu-series and, and you want to find out partially how they cleaned up New York and all that, it's it's good, but it's it's a little bit more deliberately paced. Okay. So right. I, I enjoy at least episode one, but it will make me go and watch episodes two and three. Well, that's good. Yeah. Excellent. All right. What's next on your docket? Next on my list is a movie called Tax Collector, The Tax Collector. 
I we rented this one or Dwight rented this one. Oh, all his choices. So this one stars uh, Bobby Soto, Cynthia Carmona, and Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf and George Lopez has a small role in this too. He likes making an appearance, you know. Kind what of year? What year was this? This is movie? brand new. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And apparently there's been quite a lot of controversy about Shia LaBeouf's role in this. How come? People have claimed he's in brown face. Uh. Because they think that he's, you know, playing a Mex- a role of a Mexican when he, you know, he's clearly a white guy. However, this is a character. The character is a white guy. He just grew up in the the hood of LA around a lot of the Latinx culture and this character totally is into it. I see. He's kind of like he has dreams of being a Mexican. Right. So <laughs> he, he is appropriately cast. Yeah, he's appropriately cast for what this role is. And right. so he's kind of like made his hair very black and it, it it like the he's so into the character. He got the the name of the name of the character literally chast- tattooed on his chest. So he has the word creeper because the character is creeper tattooed across his chest because Shia LaBeouf gets so deeply into his roles. Wow. So he went method and actually got a <laughs> tattoo. He has the tat- a tattoo of the word creeper now. Yeah. Huh. So, but this character isn't even like the main character of the movie. He's like a side character. He's like a sidekick kind of. Wow. Yeah. And there's a scene and, you know, Shia LaBeouf's on the camera and I'm just, his ears, like something is wrong with his ears. And it was totally like pulling me out. Like, what the hell? Well, the character is a former boxer. Mm. And to help illustrate this, he's got cauliflower ears. I see. Okay. And I'm just like, those are not his real ears. Those are fake ears. I swear to God, it looked like he had like Spock ears, but they were weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's how much they, they didn't like stand out from the side of his face. They just were there. Like, here's the ears of this character. Right. This guy's ears. Look at his ear, you know. Channing Tatum did something like that in the movie Foxcatcher. Okay. Because he played a boxer and, but I think his makeup was a lot more subdued from what, from what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Shia's makeup is not at all subdued. (laughs) So anyway, the tax collector is about this gang in L.A., that makes all the other gangs pay them a certain amount for what they do. Oh shit. Yeah. So these so guys they, they're go the around the mafia. Okay. Yeah. They go around collecting the fees from everyone. And uh uh Bobby Soto's character is like the the gangster with a with a heart. And Shia right. LaBeouf is like the beef, you know, the I'm gonna kick your ass guy. Yeah, And so when they go like, and this is pointed out when they go, he's like a family man. He's got kids and his pretty little wife who I swear to gosh, this actress looks like she's 16 compared to the, to her husband. We both thought, cause they were plant, they start out planning a quinceanera. Yeah. So both Dwight and I are thinking this is the quinceanera girl. And then we find out, then they're, then he, daddy's kissing her in a way. Daddy shouldn't be kissing her. I'm no, like, that's a wife. Ew. She looks like a teenager. And Dwight's like, that's not the, that's 
oh, I guess it is the wife, you know. She wow. is so young looking and oh, so young. And he looked up the actress. She's like 27. So I'm wow. like, damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so he's a family man. And then they go to collect this money from this one guy. And it's him and his wife are sitting on the couch and they're terrified. And Shia LaBeouf's got a gun in the guy's mouth. And like, where's the money? Where's the Because he's got the gun in his mouth. That's a very good representation <laughs> of the Yeah. So the wife goes, you know, she's terrified. She goes to the freezer and pulls the bag of money out. And then, you know, they're the two gangsters, you know, Shia and gangster Bobby are like, they're like, why, why'd you have it hidden? Do you want to die? What's your problem? You want me to kill you in front of your wife? And then he finally takes the gun out of the guy's mouth and the guy's like, my, my kid is in the hospital and we don't have insurance and I need that money. And then they're like quizzing him. So what's the kid's name? How old is he? Where were they born? You know, just try and catch him in a lie. And he pulls out his phone and shows pictures of this little kid in the hospital. And they're like, and so Bobby with a heart of gold is like, no, we're, we're going, man, let's go. And they just leave. I'm like, your boss is going to be so pissed off that he is out that money. He doesn't have that money. What the hell? But, you know. They're put, yep. setting it up that he's a big family man. And and then this new guy comes to town and just throws their whole operation out of whack and the pursuit and the gun shooting and, you know, all the L.A. Hispanic gangsters. This movie has been horribly panned by every reviewer saying it's just a, a, a shit show, awful, trite, because, you know, every Mexican Hispanic Latino person in America is clearly a drug runner gangster guy. So in this movie, there's no character of um, who is Mexican in this movie, who is the complete opposite. It's all just this sort of underworldy kind of thing. The whole movie is all Mexican, Hispanic underworld drug Lord people. Hmm. Except okay. Shia LaBeouf, who's the white guy? Who's but the he's white guy? Part of the whole gangster thing. There is an African American gang that that we see. Yeah. But that's it. That's all we see. Everybody's a gangster. Well, all right. I mean, it sounds to me though like people would would be more up in arms against this film because of the white savior part. Oh, he's not the savior. Oh, okay. He is not the savior. All right. No, 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 no. Well, but you know what I'm saying, Laurel. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying, but no, he is not a savior. He's a right. white guy who wants to be Mexican and grew up in the hood and is a hood rat, you know? So is this movie it really It is just worth very watching? cliche. It's, it's, it is not worth renting, much less watching. How much did or, you pay? I don't know. It was all Dwight. Dwight did that. Oh, He's okay. got the Apple stuff apple tv plus that he can rent movies through uh, or maybe see. it's just apple it could just be apple i don't know i'm not an apple girl i'm a, I'm a pc girl so it, well it sounds like shit but it is it is actual <laughs> shit it's awful and okay. yes all of the critics who are painting it are correct this is not dwight liked it i thought it i i was kind of bored i mean there's a I think this continues Shia LaBeouf's very slow burn try to re-rise in Hollywood kind of tour. Possibly, yeah. I mean, yeah. He was very, very 
in like I believed he was a white guy trying to be Mexican. Right. Just, you know, from his speech pattern where he kind of gets the talking, but then not really. Yeah. You know, like if I was trying to, if I was pretending badly to be a British person, yeah, I'd right. have a couple of British words peppered into my American. So Right. Kind yeah. of like this when I think I speak very good British and it turns out to be shite. Yeah. You and <laughs> Dwight both suck at it, man. Shut up. You can't do better. I in my head I'm brilliant, but no. In, in my out. head I'm brilliant too. <laughs> I actually did sort of, of I actually did sort of fool somebody like that though. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never tried because I can't keep a straight face either. Well, I I can I can okay, so if I really put my mind to it, I can do one or two sentences, but then it starts to kind of fall apart. <laughs> Like yeah. like bad pr- Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves fall apart. Like, I have to say Britishy words like rubbish and blimey and oh, that's that's rubbish. <laughs> get it all in my head. Yeah, that's rubbish. <laughs> anyway, moving anyway, on. Anyway, moving yeah, on. All right, uh, the tax collector is shit. Stay away from it. Okay, so I have found a new guilty pleasure on Netflix. Oh, Indian matchmaker. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh my oh. God. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> All right. So this show has courted a little bit of controversy. Oh, just because. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> but but because of the fact that in Indian culture, matchmaking is still used. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. And they set this up in the in the very first episode of the show. You know, I'm I'm a matchmaker and there are two kinds of marriages. In Indian culture, there is a marriage for love and then there is marriage. Oh, and that is what the matchmaker hmm. says. Okay. So, some, so sometimes the, and, and what's really powerful is in the first episode, a, a woman, a mother is talking about her son to the matchmaker and they get these tight two shots of them both. Like, what do you want for your son? Well, you know, I definitely want this for him and this for him and he's this way. So, you know, she can't be short or, you know, whatever. And then at the end of that exchange, you see that the son is sitting right next to you. Oh, shit. Wow. Like, he's got no say in that. And how old is he in that? Oh, he's in his 20s. Oh, fuck. But it's so fascinating because when you move past that opening... It, it actually follows three people trying to find a match. And, and I, I would swear to God that this would, this show would be on E or it would be on um, what's, what's another uh, true TV. I think, you know, like whatever network. That. remember, remember there was the millionaire matchmaker on. Yeah. On, Bravo? I actually used to, Is it Bravo. Yeah, it was Bravo. Okay. I would absolutely watch Indian matchmaker on Bravo. Um, mm-hmm. But it's on Netflix. It's eight episodes. And I I cannot wait to watch episode two because one woman on the show is impossible to satisfy in terms of. Oh, dating. dear. Oh, dear. And she even maps out in her life. You know, I started when I was 25. I thought, OK, now's the time to get married. And now I'm 30. It's definitely going to happen. And now I'm 34. Well, and the reason she's she's not married yet is because she is so hard to please. No guy fits the bill in any way and she even says i don't like a sense of humor in a man i don't like sports i don't i you know 
wardrobe can be worked on and agreed to. She's she is highest maintenance. And then there's this one wedding planner person who is adorable. She is absolutely, absolutely adorable. And she even says, other people say to her, you're so attractive. Why are you not married? And I was thinking, yeah, you should be. And then there's this one polished dude. I want to hang with this guy. <laughs> He's a total bro who who actually made a room in his house, his walk-in closet. He's got that many clothes. He is sharp. Oh, my God. Um, but it follows them and their matchmaking. And it's it's just so... It's intriguing because it's not your typical matchmaking show where it's either a white guy or a black woman or something like that. Because this is also very cultural. Mm -hmm. So you're getting insight into the culture as well as the matchmaking part. I'm I'm addicted to this shit. So right now, can't wait for episode two. Would I buy Netflix for this show? No. But at the same time, if it's there, I'm going to recommend it. So is this going to be your masked singer? Yes. Mm-hmm. It is entertaining. All right. So so if you end up watching this and thinking this is a piece of shit, let's go. Let's throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to like it too. <laughs> you know what? But it's, it's like I said, it's just really interesting. And, mm. and the matchmaker prints out these dossiers on prospective people. Oh. And for the one who's really high maintenance, she only gave one choice to. Because she even she she even knows that because she's so unforgiving, if you give her multiple choices, she will find something wrong with all of them instead of having to do one. Oh wow. And she even says that when she goes out on a date, she goes to one specific restaurant and meets them at 8:30 because she knows the restaurant closes at 10. So she knows that she's got her hard out after an hour and she doesn't want to spend more than an hour on a date. Okay. Oh my God. She's, she's kind of insufferable, <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. but she, but she could be any person, man or yeah, woman yeah. who's insufferable. So that part doesn't, that part doesn't even get into it. Um, but what does get into it is because it's cultural. All of them want to marry someone who is also Indian. Yeah. So it's, ah, I just, I just like it. Cool. So Indian matchmaker, Netflix. I will try to check that out. Cool. So the last thing I've got, this is a sequel to a diff, uh, another show that I also watched. The show is called locked up uh, it, on Netflix, the English. Cause this is another, it, this is another awesome Spanish show from Spain. Yeah. The Spanish title is Vis a Vis. Okay. And the sh- and in America we call it Locked Up. And I've talked about this show before. This is kind of like Spain's answer to Orange is the New Black, but no funny. Okay. There's no funny in this at all. It, there's no funny. They've taken out the funny of Orange is the New Black. This is like wow. a gritty drama of women in prison. Nice. And we follow Macarena, who is sent away because she she was she went to jail because she was embezzling money from her boss, and I think she kills him. Oh well, um, I think I final. think, or maybe it was just the em- embezzlement part. 
Okay. Uh, but it, that's neither here nor there. But so Macarena is our lead person who's, you know, first time in trouble with the law. And then there's all of the other characters in prison. Um, Nairobi from Money Heist is in this. No way! I love Nairobi! Way. I love me my Nairobi. Oh my and god, Nairobi was my favorite character, actually. Yeah. And this is also created by the same guy who created Money Heist. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ooh, so you know it's kind of got that same kind of feel to it. It does. It has that same kind of feel. And so this debuted in 2015, and it had kind of a shaky life in Spain, where it had two seasons, and then it was canceled. And then two years later, it got another two seasons from a different network. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And then Netflix picked it up, and now there's this spinoff, because Netflix picked it up. And America has seen it, and they're like, oh, this is great. So Locked Up, the original, is all about them in prison. You've got Macarena and Zulema. Zulema is like Macarena's nemesis. Ah, okay? all right. Yeah. Now, so Macarena is the blonde new girl to jail, learning how jail works. And Zulema, she's like the queen of the prison. And she is a psycho lunatic. Which like, one is, is Nairobi? Psycho. Nairobi is... I don't, she's got a totally different character name. Okay. But and yeah. And she, well, she, Nairobi is not in the spinoff, which is what I'm getting towards. The spinoff is called Locked Up Oasis. And this takes place two years after Zulema and Macarena escape from prison. Ah. And during those two years, they were doing little heists, jewelry robbery. And now they've come together to do this one last heist because they really don't like one another. Okay. You know? <laughs> and because Zulema's a fucking psycho. Yep. And so they make have this plan to steal a diamond tiara from a Mexican drug lord during the daughter's wedding. Mm. So, you know, a plan like that is going to go off without a hitch. Exactly. It's going to be the, it is the perfect plan. So the whole season is about that and how things have gone wrong. Very and much also, like money heist. Yeah. yeah. Very much like money heist. But also we know that Zulema has cancer. So she's dying. Ah, all right. And, and Macarena's pregnant and who we, yeah, all the stuff. So Locked Up and Locked Up Oasis. Both on Netflix, both really good. And yes, to understand the Oasis, you really need to see Locked Up first, which is why I mentioned Locked Up and was talking about Locked Up. Eight or ten episodes apiece? You know, it, it feels really short, but then it feels like it's long because it's like every day watching a different episode. Dwight doesn't sit and watch the whole damn thing. Okay. So, <laughs> so maybe. Okay. I mean, but, I could but, Google it. And, no, 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 no. Yeah. But, but because my point is what I like about series on Netflix or series on, on Amazon or series on Hulu, there's not a 22 or 24 episode commitment per season. Right, right. This, I would say Max would have maybe 10 episodes max. Right. Per season. So, I don't think it's more than that. Like Umbrella Academy, solid ten episodes. Yeah, and that was great. And it's and it's fantastic. And mm -hmm. then you're done. Yeah. 
So you have far more time and, and you have far more time to enjoy other things. And then it's far more action oriented or things that move the plot along. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not having to drag out storylines in a particular episode. Oh my God. Yeah. To make that 22 episode or 24 episode commitment. Yeah. And you know, there's four seasons of locked up. You don't need to have seen all four seasons. You could watch like the first season and you, that's when you meet all the players. So, you know, Macarena's in the first season and Zulema's in there too. So well, you might as well stick around for it. I mean, but if you just, if you really want to catch the locked up Oasis, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, right. without having to watch, you know, two whole se- or four seasons of a show. Got it. Yeah. All right. So remember, okay, first of all, transition music. So remember last episode, how right I was and how much I actually influenced Disney to put Mulan on Disney Plus? Yes. So, and, th- and now... And, and of course, there is that argument of, oh, my God, it's too much money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Guess what AMC Theaters is doing? I don't know. What are they doing? So, rat bastards that they are. So, remember, they were going to reopen AMC Theaters without a definitive mask um, right. policy. Right. And then yeah. they had to backtrack on that immediately. And then hotspots started happening. So they delayed it even more. Yes. They are now passing the costs of security and cleaning onto customers when they reopen. Oh, really? Really? Now, first off, I have to thank intern Dave for this. <laughs> <laughs> and he will get that joke. But but David, who is a a a guest on our show from time to time brought this to my attention because he knows how much I rail against movie theaters and, and am really on board with at home pay video on demand or premium video on demand. Uh Um, Because um, AMC theater CEO, Adam Aaron told investors that new measures since the lockdown ranging from frequent sterilization of venues and uh, to limited capacity would ultimately, the costs of that would ultimately be passed on to the consumers, whether it is increased food and beverage prices or higher ticket prices. Wow. So remember last time I even read the 2017 prices for soda and all of that. Imagine that going up more. Yeah. And a ticket price going up more. So, ladies and gentlemen, when I'm when I'm advocating beyond a shadow of a doubt, paying thirty dollars for an indefinite ability to watch Mulan, as long as you have Disney Plus, you are getting the biggest bargain ever. Totally. Yeah. At this point, yes. Yes. At this point, yes. Because if they jack up theater prices another buck per person, yeah. Two people going in is slightly more, depending on the time of day. Yeah, than, yeah, it is. Than, than the one-time cost of Mulan. Yeah. Now and there's a lot of yes. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did. I did. <laughs> so I, 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 I read that, 
And I just got all kinds of pissed off. I said, really? To myself, really? I, I just can't believe that a company it, who is fighting for solvency to begin with. Yeah. And who, quite frankly, is fucking up their PR. I, I don't know what kind of ship they're running over there in terms of PR world, but it ain't right. But to say that they are going to pass on those costs to consumers because they themselves are so money hungry and cash strapped that they can't even absorb the cost to protect people if they want them to go back to a theater in the first place. Fuck you, AMC theaters. Fuck you hard. And that just solid, like even more solidifies my belief in PVOD. Oh, I'm totally with you. Is it possible they're seeing people pay this $20, $30 to watch a movie at home and think that people would pay more to go to go out and see a movie? Now, I think so, because the, the actual story um, ends with all of that. Uh, it says okay. the theater chain will also be able to negotiate with Universal under the agreement. And that's something we reported on, that mm -hmm. the window has shrunk from three months to three weeks with Universal. Mm -hmm. So AMC Theaters is going to re receive 20% of the revenue gained from home media sales with Universal. And he said, and um, this fuckhead... Aaron, who runs AMC Theater, says, I'm expecting that this is going to become an industry standard. I expect that some of our competitors will do this, if not all. You wish. And yes, Disney is really rolling the dice on Mulan because also in its back pocket is the Black Widow movie. And apparently some Star Wars thing that we And apparently didn't know some about. Star Wars thing that we missed a meeting on. But anyhow, but... I just can't believe that this company is is trying to screw people over like that. And, and I get that you're a company and, and, and all companies, big or small, but especially small independent companies, are, are struggling to stay afloat because the pandemic has affected them in so many ways. But you're actually saying to me, that to be less safe by going into your indoor facility, I've got to pay for that? No. That's something you need to provide. And I think that when Mulan, and I am convinced that Mulan is going to be a gigantic hit, that's when other movie theater studios or other movie studios are going to go, okay, Disney, let's do it your way. Yeah. And then Universal is going to look at AMC and say, you know what? I don't know what the terms of our agreement are, but um, peace out. So we will see. But I just wanted to give that to everybody too. If, <laughs> if, if you were on the fence before about paying 30 bucks to see Mulan, definitely pay 30 bucks because you're actually ending up cheaper than going to an AMC theater. And if there are other chains that are near AMCs to where they would be cheaper at the time. They might see, hey, people are actually paying to go see whatever at AMC. We need to raise our price too. Yeah. So it's either going to have a negative impact on prices for you mm -hmm. or it's going to drive movie theaters to close and, and become very special venues altogether. Yeah. 
Because, yes, I would love to see this new mystery Star Wars thing on a big screen, of course. But not during this time when we're all struggling with money and the ability to order things at home and be safer. That's what it comes down to for me. That's, yeah, totally. That's the bottom line there. And the other thing is just light news. Um, Keanu Reeves is filming John Wick 4 and 5 consecutively oh. next year. Ooh. Ooh. That's right. So John Wick 4 is slated to hit theaters Memorial Day weekend of 2022. And they're going to look to shoot both John Wick 4 and 5 back to back. Excellent. There's going to be five of them. There's going to be five of them. Now, you know, I heard he killed a man with a pencil. You actually see him kill a man with a pencil. <laughs> In the next movie, yeah. And now, here's the thing, too. Uh, John Wick has become such a big action franchise for Lionsgate. But there's a Stars T John Wick TV series called The Continental, which is brewing, which is looking to premiere sometime following the fourth movie. So awesome. they're spinning this off. Excellent. I love the Continental as an idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. It's a great idea because then you can have all these different stories of of all the assassins that stay at that hotel. Yeah. And all the different hotels all around the world. <gasps> yes, the whole I, chain. I love table. it. I, I am on board for that. I am on board with that as well. Yep. Ah, oh, fuck you, AMC theaters. God, you suck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I'm tapped out for right now. That's all you got, eh? That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Well, sweet. <laughs> See, a nice, easy-peasy episode for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to catch back episodes of our show, just make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com and let us know what you think about AMC raising prices. Are you on board with still going to a movie theater after finding out that one of the biggest chains in the United States is raising its prices so that you actually pay for the safety that they are supposed to provide you? Um, log on to thewatchlistpod.com, click on contact us. Also engage us with your social media at the Pod, And please make sure you subscribe to us wherever you pick up your podcasts because we are everywhere. All right. Whoa, everywhere. Now I'm going to go watch more Indian Matchmaker because that's my new shit. I might start that up. It's really good. It's stupid yeah. good. But anyway, all right, people. Okay. You take it easy. Mask up. Be safe. And we will talk to everybody soon. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>